I'm not into podcasts. I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. What a hit! Back of the net. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Not Upon a Deep Dive, a somewhat regular series where we delve into the major topics happening in the world of football so that you're ready for the weekend pub chat. In this episode, we'll be chatting about whether football is the clean game that many fans swear it is, with recent positive tests from both Juventus's Paul Pogba and AC Monza's Papu Gomez starting to look like all may not be what it seems. I'm joined, as always, by the walking, talking, football encyclopedia that is Mr. Killian Giddity. Killian, how are we going? Uh, that was possibly the best intro I've ever gotten for anything. Um, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, busy week. Uh, like It's been very entertaining football. Uh, it's just seeing the general kind of news and the Man United takeover still kind of rumbling on, all the rumours around that. Um, so, yeah, it's been going well. What about you? You all excited for Champions League nights? I'm excited for Champions League nights, but I'm also trepidatious at the same time. You know, um, you, you just... We are Newcastle United at the end of the day, so we could, you know, beat Palace four nil. We could also probably beat Dortmund four nil, and then we'll, I don't know, lose to Oldham Town. Um, <laughs> but it's just the way it goes. But it's great to see Champions League football back um, up, but, in, up in the northeast. But I do have one question: um, Why are we talking about doping this week? Because, like, I think of doping. I think of Lance Armstrong. I think of. Brock Lesnar and USADA and the UFC and all these like hench lads are getting the, this sporting advantage. I don't imagine like uh, Exeter City or uh, bloody Fulham being like how 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 can how can you dope in football? So it's a, it's a very good question, and the rationale why why it came into my head to to kind of go onto this topic is actually it's funny you mentioned USADA because uh, the UFC have ended their partnership, well, are ending their partnership with USADA come the end of the year, which made me go, hmm. Because I, 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 like anyone, I would think they're the only people in the world that do it. So then I kind of went down a, a wee rabbit hole of, of doping. And like you said, Lance Armstrong, childhood hero of mine, my first love was was not actually football, it was cycling. Um, and oh. uh, I know, the big reveal. But the, the, the stat that I just came across when I was looking at the USADA UFC pieces, there's 140,000 footballers in the world and only 40,000 drug tests per year. Um, so on average, your professional footballer gets tested every three and a half years, and only one in ten dopers are caught. So I was like, okay, there's, we've all heard a few names, and mm. I was like, it's not an entirely clean sport, but there's no sport that is. But I was like, I wonder how many have we got, and how far back does it go? Yeah. So like, you know, I think the, the, the two... Main people, I suppose, that I came across in quotes that have really come against them was Seb Blatter, who said, footballers have absolutely nothing to gain from taking drugs because in contrast to other sports, they need a vast array of qualities and skills to succeed in the game. On paper, sounds great, fair enough. But then you think about it, when there's multi-million contracts available, people will do whatever they can to get to that level. It's the same as the Olympics where... You know, how many sprinters in Jamaica have tested positive for, for you know, performance-enhancing mm. drugs over the years? And they how know to get to the level. the Russian Federation have been caught? Oh, <laughs> and for anyone who is unaware of doping in sports at all, I implore you to watch Icarus 
on Netflix. It just, it's one of the best exposés of, of performance-enhancing drugs, I think, ever done, and it originally didn't start out to be that, so it's a fascinating uh, mm-hmm. world. The second quote, Gordon Taylor, you might remember the name, mm-hmm. uh, ex-head of the PFA, I'm almost certain that we have a clean sheet over performance-enhancing drugs. So I understand from the top down that, you know, the administration, players, managers, any association are going to be want to be far away from this. And to be honest with you, I was quite naive over the last ten years, and you, it was a you knew there was questions, but I never knew there were so many examples. So I don't know how much you know about doping, Mister Kennedy, um, but uh, there are kind of three different layers of okay. one of these. Any any guesses what they are before we jump in? Um. Is there ones to make your brain work better, one to make you bigger, and, I don't know, one to give you gills or something? (laughs) Not far off. So we got, obviously this is a shortened list to the the full maximum of of all um, opportunities to dope. But the ones we'll focus on are anabolic steroids, which names we'll come across in this are Stanazolalol is basically, it's my pronunciation, but it's Stanazolalol. Nandrolone, uh, methadione, uh, also known as dialabol. Um, and they're basically any anabolic steroid. They're, they increase muscle mass, decrease body fat, and improve recovery time. I think every listener is like, yeah, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also banned stimulants, uh, like ephedrine and amphetamines, and they... They improve that, focus. That's a name I know. I've heard of amphetamines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we all know them. And now there are obviously, <laughs> I suppose, PSA on this. We are talking about the benefits of these drugs. There are obviously copious amounts of very bad things that happen if you take some of these steroids and stimulants. So I, I think a little warning on that one. And the third mm. one is masking agents, which is basically ways to block drug testers finding anabolic steroids or banned stimulants this is the kind of um, stuff i've heard from like the ufc where there's always a new scam or a new claim that you'll get around this type of testing and they brought in different versions of testing so like they had ones where it's like rather than it just being on the one day you had to test clean over a certain amount of time and but even apparently then you can still get around that kind of stuff so like is this a modern thing or is this like when 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 does doping and football begin their uh, not so lovely relationship? So I think there's two ways to look at it. There's when did it first happen and when did it get big? Um, mm. First happened, you go right back to the twenties, um, and not and, and <laughs> you know we're going way back here. Back in uh, black so and white our, era. <laughs> oh, oh, like not even you nor I wouldn't have. Our voices would have been heard across these lovely sound waves back then. Arsenal, uh, first ones in, uh, I suppose always ahead of the trend, Mm -hmm. Uh, they used pep pills, uh, not Pep Guardiola people, um, (laughs) in the 1920s. Um, Bit of a gap, bit of an unknown as to the benefits of these pep pills, but it's the first kind of sighting of it. Second one kind of surprised me, Stanley Matthews, the Sir Stanley Matthews, uh, use of amphetamines in 1946. What? Um... Yeah, long time but, ago. But he was like famously clean. Like he was, I, I, he was definitely a vegetarian, if not a vegan. He was such. Yup, the vegans. A, <laughs> yeah, but he was such a health freak. He wouldn't even smoke at half time. Like 
he was the original Messi. Like he he played top light football until he was fifty, and then went around the world traveling, playing football until he was seventies. And then in his autobiography said that was a career tragically cut short by injury. Like, and now we know why. <laughs> <laughs> the man was yipped running around the place. <laughs> So we see amphetamines, they seem to be the, the, the drug of choice at the time. Uh, next up, and this is kind of the last of the historical pieces, uh, per se, um, Manchester United's Albert Scanlon and Busby Babe Harry Gregg using amphetamines. And like I said, you know, amphetamines, one of their benefits is the improvement of focus and alertness for a goalkeeper. Huge. Yeah, um, that one kind of makes a little bit of sense with that kind of era where like the mods and the rockers and all that was just starting to come out and they were all popping pills and big am- am- amphetamines thing. If you haven't seen Quadrophenia, go and watch it. It's fantastic. But like... Absolutely. The precursors to the Quadrophenia area was, was that. And I could, I'm like, that makes a little bit of sense. And like, especially when you consider like George Best and all that. It's kind of like, okay, if that's... Well, he was kind of growing, growing up around, but like really like what back then there was no money involved so were they doing it for but this glory the, but or just for high i well i think there was no money in it in, per se but in terms of i suppose back then these guys were you know builders um car salesmen factory workers and i think there's either a, a personal gratification to it there's a if i play for man united people will come to my car garage for everything like the mm. i think you always the, the thing to look at doping through the whole of this deep dive is look at the macro what are the what are the factors outside of the actual game of football are, are the reasons for this um next up we we take a little bit of a continental tour uh, to italy mm. uh, so italian football was plagued by allegations in the 90s um kind of right throughout and in 1998 a french doctor living in italy publicly said um you know he didn't say who the players were but he said he'd given multiple Syria players epo now epo you will have heard from our good friend lance armstrong mm-hmm. um epo is blood doping so just it it's endurance it's it's kind of lasting longer so it kind of plays into what we all know is hard-working italian defensive never mm-hmm. let up could there be a reason there back in the day um, in the same year, the Roma manager uh, questioned the physical development of uh, some of the Juventus players. Um, and the lovely uh, federales of uh, the police in Italy raided Juventus. Um, would you like to guess how many pharmaceutical products they found in the club? Maybe like one per player? Like a squad of 20 something? I don't know. 281 pharmaceutical <laughs> products. <laughs> Uh, and of course, the club and players denied any wrongdoing at all. Um, Juventus doing sta- anything wrong? No. That, like, I mean, I, I heard they've great relationships with referees and administrations and, and Very, doping yeah. controls people. <laughs> um, sticking in Italy, um, in 2004, um, a leading hematologist testified in court that he was practically certain um, that then Juventus player Antonio Conte um had used epo and he stated so that one of the reasons that you'll see players who or athletes who've been caught taking epo is anemia because it is used to treat anemia okay um so one thing to remember again within doping is there have you ever heard of a, a tue no it's called a therapeutic usage exemption um 
basically, if you have asthma and you're, you need your kind of um, inhaler, you get a therapeutic usage exemption because, let's face it, you can't be a professional athlete and be asthmatic and be left alone to your own devices. Now, you'll see a lot so of... that that would be like TRT Vitor for the UFC fans. Where pretty like much. Where 38-year-old Vitor Belfort came back with a better strength than he had when he was 20 because I believe it was down to him using so much steroids that his testosterone... Had just dropped. It had just gone. Yeah, yeah so the... Co- he, need, he, 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 he wasn't creating it. anymore. Yeah. So, like, he was allowed just to basically go- take all the tests that he wanted and got a, a medical exemption for it so became four times the man that he was um so footballers can basically do the same pretty much and, and not even just footballers this is like like the likes of mo farah eight or yeah mo farah you know a long distance uh runner he's got between eight and eleven tues oh. um yeah so like it's and this question there's always been questions around him bradley wiggins and cycling had a plethora of TUEs, um, Chris Froome as well. So it's 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 one of those where uh, obviously people have medical conditions and there's no you know denying that. But I think it's 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 also a case where we just don't know are these real and and mm. and are they I suppose valid. Um, so so with Conte is that how he uh, grew back his hair? And we kind of. <laughs> well, he had, he had some hairline after a, a, a trip to some doctor. Um, <laughs> but uh, so going back to the anabolic steroids route, um, I think this is the major area where it became prevalent in what we're going to call modern football. So 2000 onwards. Um, so again, just to, to remind people of uh, anabolic steroids, so this one in particular is called Nandrolone. Um, and because of its anabolic properties, nandrolone is used amongst athletes as a doping agent to accelerate muscle growth, increase lean body mass, strength, and aggressiveness, uh, and to allow for faster recovery between athletic performances. So whatever you need, this thing does for you. Pretty much you're injured, it gets you back quicker. You're, you know, you're dipping form, it's getting you more aggressive. You're undersized, you're getting bigger size and strength, um, Shout out to the Bayern Munich um, doctors just making players go beast mode when they go over there. Uh, or Madrid. Uh, but when, when, allegedly, we're not collating. We're not collating yeah. the drug and, and their and their fantastic yeah. medical stuff. Just, just just highlighting their impeccable ability to grow <laughs> players. Um, so the first player to pop, uh, kind of post-2000, very familiar name. Um, and this one surprised me. Uh, I hadn't heard about this at all. Pep Guardiola positive twice for Nandrolone oh. as a player during his time in Italy. Um, oh, so yeah, that was relatively late in his career. Mm-hmm. He, um, I believe he was at Brescia at the time. Um, mm. I think it was towards the tail end. Um, so initially he received a four-month ban, um, seven-month suspended prison sentence, and a 9,000 euro fine. He claimed it was a medical condition that caused the result, um, and through the jigs and the reels, the decision was reversed in a technicality. So technically, didn't happen, clean player. Um, So him and Man City are just match made in heaven. They love that technicality. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next up, we have uh, same season, 2000-2001, Christian Bucci, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, B-U-C-C-H-I, um, mm-hmm. center forward was playing for Perugia 
and tested positive for Nandrolone. Claimed the reason um, was excessive meat consumption after a wild boar barbecue. Um, Let he who hasn't had a wild boar barbecue cast the first stone. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the thing that this is also something that's happened even up to five years ago. A lot of athletes who test for low levels of performance enhancing drugs blame food consumption or tainted products. John Jones in the UFC stands by that he he took completely clean products and because a lot of these products are made in the same factory, protein powders and anabolic steroids, so they use the same vats and there's going to be leftovers in them. Is what so there is say. a bit of validity to the. Yeah, there is cross con- yeah there is cross contamination now you're high you're kind of top brands i won't go into which brands they are but they'll have their own facility where they just purely make that product but a lot of the cheaper kind of you know own brand protein powders mm. a lot of the time are made in vats with millions of other products uh, so uh, to to say that it's completely invalid not fair but then you have the likes of christian bucci or uh, even canelo alvarez the boxer recently blamed meat uh, consumption as the reason he kind of tested positive so it's it's not a it's not new um next one up i think you probably will remember because uh, he actually served the ban for it yapstam uh, again oh. nandrolone uh, 2001 so this is was he at lazio know, then I, I can't remember exactly where he was but i do remember him being in italy at the time and this goes back to what that so, doctor was saying about the 90s so it didn't that's end. tree in a row that's you know, italy based and when we go through the list again, you know, keep going down at Edgar Davids, 2001, Nandrolone, Frank de Boer, Nandrolone. Um, mm. Now, he, wa- he was not in Italy. He, w- he tested positive uh, after Barca's clash with Celta Vigo. Um, initially got hit with a year ban, which in 2001, I don't think anyone had ever been banned for bar like your Cantona kicks and stuff like that. I don't think anyone's banned that long. Um, Bucci, yeah. But then this is where it kind of it, it comes back to the the food side of things. The ban was chopped down to eleven weeks when it was ruled that the Dutchman had unknowingly ingested by means of contaminated food su- supplements. So, so is this the claim that like they, you can't disprove it? So you kind of have to give them a slap on the wrist, uh, or like because like I get it with the likes of um, whey protein and all that, but could it really be enough to? skew a full drug I think it or, comes down, or it, it, is, comes it, is it actually volume. that that like hypersensitive so it comes down to volume so what you could get ba- get away with back then versus now are completely different things so the volume of measurement back then was milligrams so okay. you had to have a fair amount of this substance in you compared to now it's picograms which are like a millionth of a gram so it, it's like the, the UFC doctor, um, when it was going on with the John Jones case, said a picogram is like throwing a grain of salt into an Olympic-sized swimming pool. So, like, there is very little room for error here. While yeah. back then, it would have been the whole swimming pool to get caught. Wow. So, so it's it's if you're caught back then, you were it was easier to get away with it, but to get caught, you really had to be poor at it. Uh, and like you i think anyone who's seen any of the lance armstrong documentaries or or um the movie the program it's a true story he gets he's kind of training by uh his kind of motorhome during one of the uh trips abroad um gets a call from the doping commission saying you've popped for i don't know epo or or uh, testosterone or any of the 
plethora of extracurriculars that man enjoyed in his career and his next thing was just turned to his physio and goes right we find a product with that in it and they found a saddle sore cream that they explained was why this product was in him and the commission were like oh yeah fair cool now that you're talking 90s 2000s so again wouldn't happen imagine Um, the money you could have made by just making products specifically to have whatever the epos were it's like right oh yes what what you need this week oh you need uh, (laughs) epo what what do you use do you use like wheels saddles saddles we'll make a saddle cream for you that's great okay then off you go you make a fortune you'd be loaded and time machines that's what we need it's it's also like the guys that figured out doping must have or like both the doctors who actually did the illegal Mm. activity and the doctors that figured out how to figure Catch out the it. illegal activity mm. yeah like it's money everywhere you know we, we can go into a kind of couple other other pieces but you're starting to see what i mean there's starting to be enough names here that you're kind of going household what's names. today like yeah. yeah um we go a little bit you know it's leaving out pogba because this is all alleged with pogba obviously his double test has come back positive as testosterone or a version of testosterone which would be similar to these nandrolone cases but I think that was still an ongoing we, case, so we can't. leave that one out. Yeah. Same with Papu Gomez. Um, I think all the cases that we're touching are in the public domain and have been addressed and closed and and, and all Moved of that. Moved on from um, yeah. yeah. So now we come on to masking agents. Um, one of them being hydrochlorothiazide. Um, and Fred at Man United. Now he wasn't at Man United when this happened. It was in 2015, but he served a one-year ban after testing positive for a banned diuretic. Uh, so diuretic, obviously, being trying to flush this out of his system, um, being hydrochlorothiazide used to used as a masking agent. That's so one of the been, kind of ones. Yeah, he would have been. He would have been maybe Shak- Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, then, maybe yeah. or around that time. I believe. Maybe. I believe so. It's either that we, or we just need... on the cusp of the move. Yeah. I tell you, we need to get a Jamie like we, like Joe Rogan does, just to, to, to fact check <laughs> yeah. this stuff for us. Um, next one, you'll remember the name of this one too. Same situation, hydrochlorazide, trying to flush it out of the system, was then Cagliari striker Joe Pedro. Um, he popped hmm. in 2018, um, and it was a double positive, so there's absolutely no denying that it was in a system. Yeah. Um, and he was banned for six months, uh, but was back in action <laughs> by the September, having been done in the February, and came back and scored in a key one-all draw with Milan. So they kind of forgot about that over at Old Cagliari. Yeah. Um, next up on the masking agent uh, side of things, same again, just it's, it's basically used by athletes um, to mask it in the presence of urine or uh, excrete water for rapid weight loss, basically, to just... Confuse your system that yes. it can be found, or if it is found, it's kind of there's a supposed rationale for it. Um, and a user of furosemide is none other than Andreo Nana. Oh yeah, I remember. Like I remember him in Football Manager when he was at Ajax, not being able to use him because he had like a global ban. But I never actually yeah I'm too lazy so, to look into it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was done in. The Cameroonian became the subject of a widespread, uh, this is now reading from the, the report, mm. uh, widespread media attention in February 21 when he was hit with a 12-month ban from UEFA uh, for testing positive. Now, 2021 is very recent, and very. I am surprised that Man United, two years later, would get into bed with a potential doper. 
I mean, ah, but United have form. Just remember, <laughs> real like they, they, they <laughs> yeah, love it. They love yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they're aware of it. Yeah. Um, now the the rationale as to how he ingested said substance is where it gets a bit curious. Um, he said he'd accidentally taken his pregnant wife's medication by mistake and uh, would appeal the decision. Uh, the ban was reduced from 12 to 9 months, um, but it ended up with him getting pushed out of Ajax because Ajax of old didn't stand for anything that didn't look like pure football. Um, and and I think it was actually whatever about Ajax's point of view, like they would take a kind of hard line stance, but I think it was him that ended his career with them because they didn't stand behind him. That, oh, that he so was he was like, like, oh, I'm innocent, and they're like, nah. But yeah, they like, like as I said, I, I never actually looked at it, but I do remember that there being a falling out at the end and him kind of going, nah, I wasn't happy with how you handled this whole thing, so I'm happy to be gone. Um, So yeah, like it make, make, makes sense why he went to Inter at such kind of a, at that time, a relatively reduced rate because he was... He was out of a job. Well, no, but he was on, like before that ban, he was like... He was my go-to kind of like if I have the money and football manager to sign a really good goalkeeper, really? I get him. Yeah, no, he was fantastic, and he's just that little bit eccentric, so he'd always be a little bit fun. Like you never <laughs> know if you'd see him up at, the, at a corner and all that kind of stuff. He's like, yeah, <laughs> my kind of guy. <laughs> so I think last on the masking agents, we'll all remember this one, um, Samir Nasri. Um, so oh, is this the the, the photo? Yes, bring yourself back to 2018, or 2016, uh, should I say, and he got a 500 mil drip infusion of water and micronutrients, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, Um, it's a pint, um, but it's 10 times the allowed amount under the WADA code, the World Anti-Doping Agency code, and yes, the famous photo of the it's Rebecca Vardy moment of (laughs) it's Samir Nasri's bag. Um, so yeah, like I mean, I don't know about you, man, but obviously I've gone in the weeds on uh, on this one. But off the back of that, does we we'll, we'll bring it back to Britain in a second in in terms mm. of the potential doping there. But you really have to think abroad is it's questionable, you know. And if abroad's questionable, how is Britain not? Oh yeah, like if like if whatever Europe's doing, like. The UK are definitely doing best case scenario. If not, they're doing it a little bit worse. They might be able to hide it better because, like, the Premier League is that much more um, riding on it. But what's kind of surprising me though is like, you have to mention UEFA once. Like, even Seth Blatter under FIFA got a bit of a mention. You're not hearing a whole lot from UEFA on this. That's a very good point, and the reason for that is all of. Most of anyway, unless you you'll see it differently with the likes of of betting, where it's a, it's a global wide ban, and uh, we'll, that's for another deep dive uh, to come. Coming soon. But um, pretty much it's left up to the local associations. So be it UK, it's the FA. You know, Scotland SFA, Ireland FAI. So they police their own pieces. UEFA send the staff to do the testing but the right. execution of the punishment is done locally so i think that's done a bit to keep their nose clean pardon the pun <laughs> so it could it be the case or is it the case that is is 
do do UEFA set some kind of guidelines and say that this is the allowed amount, or is it different from kind of FA to FA? Where it's kind of like what could get I, you no, banned I, I, in the UK won't get you banned in France, let's say. So it 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 depends on the association that's governing the football. So say UEFA would work with WADA, and then so therefore WADA's regulations across ah, the okay. entirety okay. of every territory is WADA regulations. If it's MLS, you're under USADA. Now USADA and WADA's pretty much the same, but they will differ in both the amount of times they can test you, when they can test you, where they can test you. For example, with USADA, you have to have what's called a global passport. I believe WADA have it too, where at all times you need to update them where you are on the daily. Um, So where this gets tricky and athletes have got caught out before is say you're Lionel Messi and you are playing in Miami one day, um, Mm. then you have a promotional shoot in New York, two days following that then you're in Buenos Aires for international duty three days after that if you don't have if you're not updating that yourself or you don't have a guy you trust updating that you can miss it once and you're it's it, it's kind of a fine a low level ban miss it twice or three times you're out of it for like a year or more so wow. you need to be on it and it's also the like when they come you need to be there so it's not as simple as um I'm in Miami they need to know what street you're on in Miami. And if you're going to go out, that you'll be back within an hour of anywhere you are. So you go on a boat trip out for three hours into the middle of nowhere, they need to know. What if you're just like you and the missus want to have a little... <laughs> like, they just come a-knocking. <laughs> they're, they're coming. Um, and, and the you know, a, a lot of footballers talk about it where, you know, you get pulled for a dope test... Uh, after a game and you're completely dehydrated after a game they're mm. gonna wait with you till you do your your pee test uh, and your your blood test is easy they can do that whenever but urine tests they will wait so they a lot of players are like they've just won major tournaments and they want to be celebrating with their mates mm. but they're sat there in a room with a dude just waiting to go for a leak and it won't come <laughs> But, like, what if you have, like, an Alex Ferguson who's, like, everybody on time on the bus and all that, and you're just there, like, please, I just need to pee. Well, I tell you what, they used to say Alex Ferguson waits for no man, but he wait, he will wait for water. <laughs> um, right, bring us to the UK. Let's bring yeah. it back to kind of our own recognisable neighbours. Um, give us the dirt. The Mail on Sunday... Um, reported that as many as 88 footballers in Britain failed doping tests between 2013 and 2020. Um, the cases that showed use of performance-enhancing drugs now, you know, kind of, I suppose, the likes of cocaine and, and heroin come into technically performance-enhancing, and even though I don't think any high-level footballer is going to be doing heroin, but there has been a lot of coke use with the likes of Adrian Mutu and, and yeah, Mark Bosnich. Exactly and, say, yeah, yeah some, some other players. So some of these players will come under that, but the ones that were performance-enhancing um, included positive for amphetamine again, so our friends from the 40s and 50s are still out and about. Um, okay. Three for triamcyanone, um, and this brings it back to what I was saying about the TUEs. This is a substance that Bradley Wig- Wiggins used to treat hay fever before his Tour de France victory. 
Um, so mm. there's a lot of ways to treat hay fever. I am somebody who suffers it, and I do not take that. So that you know, there's, there's questions. Maybe I should not win a Tour de France, and I, and, <laughs> and we'll, we'll go into a cycling podcast then. Um, some more that were found in the Premier League: uh, Ritalin and testosterone boosters. Human. Clo- uh, I'm not even going to pr- try pronounce that one. HCG is the initials for it. You can do your 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 look about. We found a Premier League cases. Um, again, we see it in other sports. The the HCG is used um, and abused, to be honest, by cycling and um, MMA athletes. Um, and this is, I think, the perfect way to round it off in the, this TUE uh, situation. So. UKAD, which is the UK Anti-Doping Agency, um, explained that no sanctions were handed down due to either accidental ingestion or the player having a TUE. So, TUEs are rife, which I didn't think... I knew they were in, you know, Olympic sports and uh, martial arts and all kinds of things. Maybe naively, I, I, I never thought that it, it, it would, would come into football, but... Yeah, as, as I said, other positives, though not necessarily for Premier League tested players, showed use of morphine, cannabis, cocaine, amongst others. Um, cannabis, I think the UFC have lightened their stance on it. Used to get you multiple mm. year ban, and now they're they're fine with. I mean, any anybody that, that can uh, play a high level game of football or fight in MMA with cannabis. <laughs> like they, they, they it's like, a bad bad man. Yeah, like. <laughs> I, I believe with the use of cannabis, you can one could struggle to ride a bike, let alone win any uh, titles on it. So like, they're different different gravy people. Like, <laughs> and you know, like I said at the start of this, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen personally is is Icarus, and the main character, real person in 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 Icarus, is Grigory Rachenkov, um, who helped thousands of athletes cheat across dozens and dozens of sports, um. But Rachenkov claimed that Zenit St. Petersburg's head of medicine around 2017, 2018, um, had, in his words, very practical experience of doping sports people. Um, and then in 2019, so again, very recent, Dutch player Fernando Rixon, uh, who was a former Zenit player, he brought out a biography, which I will admit I haven't read and probably never will. Um, but he said there were needles and syringes all over the place and players hooked up to drips. Uh, he said, I didn't have a clue what uh, Dr. Pukov, who is the person Grigory Rochenko was talking about, was putting into me, but man, did it work, did he say. Um, Spartak Moscow players said the same. And then I just, suppose just the final point... Just before you go into the final, that, that Zenit squad, I'm just have to Google it in there because I was like, I definitely know some of the players in that. There's a lot of recognizable names. And this is so, what I mean. So, like, uh, Yuri Zhirkov, of, formerly of Chelsea, uh, yep. fame under Scolari. Um, D- Domenico Crisico, um, who was he, he was at um, Juventus. Uh, he was a left back, uh, played for. Italy as well. Sebastian Gerussi, uh, football, ma- football manager I remember favorite him. Yep. from yeah, yeah. Uh, River Plate. Uh, another football manager favorite, Emmanuel Mamalana, the uh, centre back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matthias Cravinter, another Argentinian defensive midfielder. Again, another 
football manager. Oh, uh, uh, and again, we must stress, we are not citing that any of these players are or have taken anything. But no, no, alleged. but it's it's it, this is this is a team that is has an, a potential allegation against it, and this is the level of players that they they had at the time, like Branislav Ivanovic. Like this is Chelsea close Stalwart. to home. Yeah, yeah. Just like this is close to home. And speaking of close to home, um, kind of off the back of this and what had been going on in the 90s, the, the early 2000s, the 2010s, in 2004, Wenger um, said that the testing of blood samples uh, indicated that players joining Arsenal from abroad displayed sy- uh, symptoms of prior EPO use. Um, and in particular, the red blood cell count was abnormally high. And he went as far as to, to say, to kind of defend players in a way, and and this is something I said to you during the week. I, it, 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 it's kind of, he said, there are clubs who dope players without the players knowing. Uh, the club might say mm. that they're being injected with vitamins and the player would not know that it was something different. And that is very possible. But I do think as a professional athlete, I don't know about you, you need to know what's going in your body or be ready. If you don't care, you need to be ready to take the punishment because it's probably coming your way if you don't know what it is. Yeah, but like when you consider um, like Tevez, is he managing now at Independiente? Um, head to notapunta.ie mm. for this article. He was basically saying that some of the players can't even read or write or struggle to count. I did see this and I could so not like, believe it. I couldn't believe it, but I could. But it's, it's so when, when you, you have see a lot things of these, like that. Yeah, yeah, when you have a lot of these guys are basically coming straight from the streets because of their physical prowess. Yeah they don't have the education behind them to be able to question it. And don't forget, a lot of the time, the clubs are now the ones leading the education. So... Yeah, they're in control of their, their upbringing. Like, not not casting any aspersions on... I, I fully believe that they're getting the correct level of education and it's all within, like, um, the country's uh, education standards. But it would make you wonder... Like, I know, obviously, Wenger was making this comeback in 2004. It's nearly 20 years ago, so you'd, you'd hope things would have improved and the level of knowledge for for um, players now that they would at least question what's in a syringe going into you. But, but then at the same time, and you're only making me think of it now of what you're saying there about players not being able to read or write. Awful uh, for for people in that circumstance, but that would suggest they come from a family that cannot read or write either which probably means a low level of income for that family so those players are probably willing to do whatever you need to do to bring money to food to the table you know a couple of good years in in even south american football and it will change families lives you know for generations yeah so So i think (laughs) i think that's the perfect way to end it you know i i i We've kind of set out our stall. Um, I hope I've educated you a bit and brought you into my pessimistic uh, world, Killian. Yeah, absolutely. That was fa- fascinating. Thanks so much for like. I didn't realize there's so many types. Well, this it, it, and for anyone listening, honestly, dig into it a little bit. And I started out in, with British teams. Um, I suppose just as a what I know, but there are plenty of stories around the world that you know, either have been prosecuted for them, or the players have been prosecuted for them, or have not, but it's a fascinating topic. Um, and let us know in, in in 
the comments or or through socials if there's any cases we missed and we might have to do a second deep dive on it yeah especially with the potential uh pogba and gummies updates that we might include we'll definitely keep an eye on that um so i think we'll leave it there everyone has our first deep dive that brings us to a close um you may have heard a a, a few coughs or, or or chesty kerfuffles between myself and killian i promise you you can't catch anything through the airwaves um <laughs> but it is goodbye from me and goodbye from me. Thank you very much. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at NotUpundit Podcast and check out our new website, notupundit.ie. We'll be back next week. Bye bye. I'm not into podcasts. I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Oh! What a hit! Back of the net.